the gameplay always just shits on me to the point where I just want to fold the fucking website because um, I'm not a real <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a real gamer. It's a reaction. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest and smoothest gaming podcast. Thanks to Manscaped, save 20% off with the code WELLSHAVED at manscaped.com. I'm Zach Jackson, joined by Kieran Verbruge. Hello. Nathan Hennessy. Welcome back. And Jordan Garcia, two weeks in a row. Yeah, double trouble. Uh, hello there. How are we all? Not too bad, mate. You? Ah, you know, tired, as always. Yeah, nice, nice. How's how's, uh, everybody else? Yeah, Uh, tired. Bit warm. Bit warm and tired. Warm. Yeah. Yeah. Vibing. Nice. All right, well, we've got a massive, massive show, so let's get straight into it. But before we do, I just want to... Uh, say that I think I can speak for all all four of us in saying that uh, we are quite lucky to be where we are right now given events that are going on in the world and we uh, hope that everybody who is currently uh, uh, experiencing hardship uh, whether that is in the flood affected areas of Australia or in the Ukraine that um, everything hopefully works out well because it's not a good time in a lot of places right now and I think we can be, we're very, very lucky to be where we are. So uh, all we can do, I guess, is give our support in ways that we can. Uh, and yeah, we hope that everyone is okay uh, and ends up okay. And this whole mess uh, ends sooner rather than later with uh, less, uh, as less of an impact as, as possible. Mm. Couldn't have said it better. No, thank you, Zach. Probably could have, but... Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have. English is my second language. Yeah, fair, fair. All right. Um, very, very quickly, what have we all been playing? Because I know that we've been playing a shit ton for review, pretty much all of us. Uh, has anybody... Nathan's been playing Elden Ring. I've got a little bit to talk about Elden Ring, <laughs> so we'll do that in a sec. Something I didn't talk about last week is uh, that I actually was playing The Order 1886 uh, last week, and I wanted to quickly, quickly talk about it for like the... Fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth time. You're going to talk about it for the duration of the game. And so, you know, we're going to be here for five minutes. Um, so, fuck you for starters. But um, that game, <laughs> man, I reckon that game still holds up. Like, I still love that game. Um, and even, like, visually and, like, technically, it still looks on, on, amazing. Yeah, on the technical front, I would um, argue it's probably one of the best PS4 exclusives. Like, it still looks phenomenal, I think. And there are so many... A little technical aspects of it that just yeah uh, are excellent. Um, it's a shame that obviously uh, it didn't have the commercial and critical success to to fund a franchise or a, you know. But um, yeah, like I still I am going to play that game every every year because that's just like the like the voice acting and the world and the fucking soundtrack, man. Everything is just it's awesome. I love that fucking game. All right. I just want to get that out of the way. How does it compare to Troll and I? 
much much better than that fucking turd. Anyway, uh, Elden Ring, Nathan. <laughs> you had oh. some uh, some hot takes on Horizon Forbidden West last week. Yeah. Uh, on Karen's. You know, throw on Kieran's tan right back in his face. Are you going to... Ah, so that's why you wanted me here. (laughs) You wanted to be like, what, you gave Elden Ring a 10 and Elex a (laughs) 3? Spoiler alert. So, on launch day for Elden Ring, I got that game in the afternoon, installed it, played about an hour or so to be sufficiently satisfied that that game is a big game of a very significant Mm. scale and it's going to sink a lot of my time so i put it on ice because i thought if i jump into this right now i ain't going to finish horizon forbidden west it's just not going to happen that game's just going to go back it's going to gather dust for five years it's the same thing that happened for i assume some people with breath of the wild came out of course so i went back to horizon i finished that Uh, my thoughts didn't change on it um in fact i probably grew even more embittered with some of my issues but again i must reaffirm on last week is any any one portion of the game that you might single out combat graphics sound any one point i'd say is uh, they're all fantastic magnificent the game just lacked something as it all came together to really click for me also for for, for five years on the past release i kind of maybe expected a little bit more innovation perhaps but anyway it's it's a game that i'd still i think it's prestige junk food and i'd say that anyone with a playstation owes it to themselves to give it a look in um, but but for me it was prestige junk food. So on the on the topic of Elden Ring, I've now gone back to it. I've put in a few hours. I'm I'm six hours in, and I sm- I grin a lot. And I just wanted to quickly mention one of the things that put a smile. No, two two things that put a smile up my dial. One was and again I won't spoil anything. This is all very early on, right at the very beginning of the game. One of the things you can do early on is you can summon these sort of NPC characters into into fights with you. Now that's not new to the series, but there's a lot more flexibility and a lot more options. Like within that six hours, I've already gathered like five specific NPC summons that you can summon at will, and one of them threw like all these little sort of like um, militia people into the fight. I had this like group of five or six militia people threw them at a boss fight and the absolute sheer joy of watching a boss get overwhelmed rather than me for a change. Like I could just sit in the back and watch this boss just trying to fumble through these like little critters that don't do much damage. So very, very delighted on that front. And um, I think the other thing for me was at the five, no, yeah, at the five hour mark, I discovered my first map fragment. I didn't realize that the game had a map like I've been looking at the map screen it's just been it's been blank with some pointers um, so it, it amused me that five hours in I found my first map that's a thing that's a new thing for the soul series as is the compass and it got me thinking that's a big innovation for these games destiny 2 still doesn't have a compass and its map's still a piece of shit to use so anyway that's neither here nor there but um, yeah Elden Ring I could say a lot more I won't because it will still be relevant next week and I'm sure we'll have some more to say then very nice, very nice. All right, uh, I'll give a very, very quick... I've only played maybe 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah, nice. Um, I am... I don't know how I feel yet. I, I'm, like... I've, I've always been intrigued by their worlds, and I think I've, I've said that before, especially with, like, Bloodborne and that, but the gameplay always just shits on me to the point where I just want to fold the fucking website because um, I'm not a real... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a real gamer. It's a reaction. Um, this, this, there are just, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm in that excess. Like I would normally be like, I'm all for from software doing what they do, you know, sticking to their guns, making it hard as fuck. 
But I think going into the open world, it, it invites a lot more conversation around accessibility. And there are things that I wish were in this game to lessen the difficulty of existing in this world and it doesn't actually have to be the combat i don't care if they change the combat the combat can be as hard as it is that doesn't really bother me because that's something that i'm willing to to you know be patient with things like enemy respawns and i know that that's a staple of this genre but i forgot i completely forgot that that was actually a thing so i went through and i was stealth and like sneaking up and attacking those you know the knights that had pretty much dumb as fuck in, in that first area, right? I want to mention um, that afterwards too, but can, go on. And then went into the caves and I was like, fucking side of grace. Every time I see a side of grace, my eye am fucking saving at that motherfucker. Um, went into the, went down into the, one of the caves, got attacked by dogs, shit myself, died. Um, right, respawned back at the side of grace, ran back down, grabbed my lost, uh, my souls or whatever, the runes or whatever they are, you know, ran back out, got attacked again, died. You know, respawn, um, went back again, grabbed the, the the runes, soul thingies, and then ran back out of the cave. And I was like, what? All these pricks are, are back. And I was like, fuck, I forgot, <laughs> that was, forgot that was a thing. I just spent like half an hour like stealthing through this little, like a little small section. Like it wasn't a big section. Um, so I wish that was like, like an option that you could actually tick a little box that says enemies don't respawn or something like that. So, you, can, you know, enemies can still have the same difficulty, but it means I'm not, because what, what I'm finding is that I am terrified to die to lose my things, right? So I, I wish there was another way that you could uh, protect um, what you've collected along the way without having that risk of um, losing everything. And I know that that's part of it. Like, I know that that's part of the Souls experience, but I don't necessarily want all of that. I'm happy with the combat, but I want some of the open world traversal stuff that allows me to explore freely without you know feeling like i'm gonna you know i have to have to save at every fucking save point um because i know that i'm shit at these games so and it just means that i'm now not interested in backtracking back through where i was until i really have to because all these enemies are respawned again and it took me ages to fucking like there was one of the dudes with like the jousting stick um his big sword i was just running around like for ages like you know around this little <laughs> this little bit of grass and running enough and you know getting a block in attacking him you know and then he would try and attack me i'd dodge run away do the same thing you know it took me like five minutes to kill like probably some little inventory uh you know grunt but uh that you know that's where i'm at there's just things i wish that they they just you know change a little bit of the thing and you don't have like like i said you don't have to change the difficulty of enemies you know, or boss fights that can still be the thing and enemies can still be hard but I want to just, if I've cleared an area, I want that fucking relief of just being, not have to go back through it and fucking fight everyone again. The, so, the, the, problem I, with, the problem with that though, Zach, is if you have no enemies to fight, then the game's going to be even harder because you won't level up. Yeah, well, I guess that, you know, that, that's, like, <laughs> I guess that's, that's and, the other side of it, yeah. And, so, and to answer what you were saying, um, I think that has to, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, but there are a couple notes that if the enemies didn't respawn, the lands between would feel a lot less alive as a world because there, there's not always that, that constant threat or, you know, there's always something around the corner. Because if you compare it to something grow. like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to, Didn't you to, hear what I said? I don't want that fucking threat. Like, 
It's, it's already he wants here, like the discovery at, mode from but, Assassin's Creed. Where you uh, you want at the same he wants Dark Souls too, because Dark Souls too, you can if you die enough times, the enemies stop respawning in that area. No, no, no it's, it's if you kill them enough. That's right. So, Sorry, yeah. So you can't like grind them. Yeah, but but also to go off what you're saying, once again, I completely understand. Um, but, <laughs> but you're wrong. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the things that's hardest to learn with these games is that death isn't really. A punishment it's more a teacher in these games oh let me but put my if, play-doh hat on excellent let's but get that's, <laughs> but that's I, but that's nah, but i think that depends on who you are i think that depends on the player i think you can that whole leveling up thing you can and this probably comes down to a difficult you know a difficulty mode you have explorer mode or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Like, i don't know some other mode not get fucking fucked on mode or something you know where <clears throat> but even things like little things like having the runes if you die, if, if there was an option to not lose your runes, for example, then that would make me not so terrified of having to go back through areas I've just cleared. Obviously, I've saved because I'm terrified if I can die at any point, you know, even through just with a basic level enemy, like it takes me quite a while to to do anything. I still don't even know half the buttons. I've probably, like I've bought a bunch of shit from that old mate in that church. Good. But uh, I bought a cookbook. I don't know what it does. Um, and I bought that this spell, but... Um, but yeah, so yeah, but I think I, I think what you need to uh, play is a different it, game. It's one of the learning curves of the game. It's just that like losing that stuff is inevitable. I I have lost you. I probably I've lost in the millions of runes in playing the game. And yeah, but you, yeah, but, you but you want that experience though. Like this is the thing. Like is uh, like there's nothing stopping you from playing the way that you want to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, um, but if like, there was yeah, I I I, I kind of empathize with that because when i first played dark souls i hated that design to you know resting at a point everything's back shit i'm gonna lose my shit um but it's it's more sometimes you just have to let it happen because the, the moment you become desensitized to losing that stuff is the moment where you can focus less on the enemies in front of you and rather the world around you don't know look i look i beat lords of the fallen so that, that could be the hill that I fucking die on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on from Elden Ring because we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this again another time. We've got fucking tons and tons and tons to discuss. Kieran, you have uh, got a preview. No, you don't have a preview. Why do you think you have a preview? I do have a, pre- I do have a preview. You do have a preview. Oh, yes, sorry. Yes, you, you do. I'm looking at the links you sent me. Um, go for it. Give us the preview. Uh, so... One of the one of the many games I have to talk about tonight, and one of the things I've been playing recently is Kirby and the Forgotten Land, um, which I know I've expressed how excited I am for in the past, and I'm sure uh, I'm, some of us here are. I'm so keen for it. Equally excited. Kirby's um, throat goat. Kirby throat. Kirby the throat goat. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm able to. I'll keep it relatively brief because I, to be honest, I haven't read the embargo thoroughly enough to know if I'm going to say the wrong thing, but I'm able to talk about essentially the first world of the game. Um, and I guess the, the gist of what I have to say about it so far is the move to 3d, uh, is definitely a good move for Kirby. Um, but from what I've played so far, it, I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't feel like the the massive shakeup to the formula that I thought it was going to be when they when they made that switch to three D and especially in a lot of the marketing marketing materials that they've 
they've put out so far. It is like a staunch, at, at least in the initial like five levels, a, a staunchly traditional Kirby game. Um, so if you've played the last couple of 2D entries, you pretty much already know what you're in for. Um, it's just from a different perspective now. Um, that said, like that same kind of like really, really, really charming level design and and sort of the way that they they pepper in power ups to sort of match what you're what you're doing at the time to make it kind of flow and make it fun is still there. Um, it looks gorgeous. Uh, mouthful mode is every bit as <laughs> hilarious and ridiculous as they advertised. So um, I think I've only so far seen that the ones that seen the ones that they've shown off, like the like the Carby um, and the vending machine. Kirby and uh, one that turns you into a staircase. I don't know if they've shown that off yet, but you can basically swallow a staircase and then like <laughs> move it somewhere else um, to help you reach like new platforms and stuff. Um, but yeah, like so far it's, it's more Kirby, but it's prettier and um, has more cool abilities and stuff. Um, the intro, like the first kind of like, not it's not even technically a level within the actual game but like an intro level um is ridiculously cool uh has its own little theme song and lots of lots of carby in it so um i think the onboarding experience is really cool but yeah i'm i'm keen to see like if they really push anything in the later worlds or if it just kind of remains more of the same that's all i got on that Nice. I got a very, very quick question. Um, so Anna's actually been kind of keen to maybe get this. So she's got a couple of... We have a Switch, like as you yeah. know, but I mean, it's hers. Um, it's your favorite console. How, how is this uh, game for a casual player like that? Is, is it just good to... You know, you can just pick up and play it. I, I know you might not be able to answer that because you haven't played no, the full thing, but... Yeah. Like, I mean, that's like that's the Kirby experience. They are okay. very pick-up-and-play kind of games where there's not a lot of punishment. Um, everything kind of uh, makes sense. It's it's easy to read. Like, the level designs are easy to read and the puzzles aren't overly taxing and stuff. So, yeah, no, I think definitely if, if you're looking to play a very adorable platformer that doesn't require too much of your willpower it's not a it's not elden ring um (laughs) yeah no i think it's a good one nice well i mean yeah so far all right we'll go one more from you and then we'll jump to nathan uh because he's got two games to talk about maybe anyway uh do you want to give us another one of yours yeah, let's get the bad out of the way first. <laughs> That's ominous. Chocobo GP <gasps> sucks. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what gave it away? Um, <sighs> yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't even know where to start. Um, on a system where, like, you know, one of its easily it's like it's most popular and best-selling game is mario kart 8 deluxe uh to like basically wholesale copy that game's driving mechanics and then fuck them up entirely is a pretty big feat (laughs) um but that's what this game manages to do it essentially like every everything that you expect from mario kart like and even like specifically mario kart 8 like the way that the uh, jump drifting works the way that the starting boosts work the 
um, like the track, like overall track designs and stuff. Like everything is pretty much just uh, like a carbon copy that's missing like all of this heart and soul. So, so, so what you're saying is it's the Wish.com version. It's of the Wish.com version of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, except it's it's meant to appeal to Final Fantasy fans because it has a bunch of in jokes from Final Fantasy six and nine. Uh, so I don't know, like sixty nine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting Venn diagram. Think of that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just the most like all over the place package. Like it, it feels like a game that if if you were going to recommend it to anyone, it would be children because they would be a little bit more forgiving of the like the shitty race mechanics. But then at the same time like they're 20 years too late to all of the references. Um, and then, you know, like, I don't know, the story mode is, is weird as fuck. It makes no sense, but it's kind of funny, I guess. Um, like all of the references are like really weirdly deep cuts. So I, I guess if you're like 35 and hate yourself, it's probably going to be a good time. Well, so basically um, if you're 35. <laughs> so me. Uh, yeah. The, like the mode <laughs> selection is real slim. It's just all the basics. There's only eight like tracks, like well, eight environments, and then some variations on the tracks that are in them. Um, like the one cool mode that it has is a multiplayer mode that's like a 64 player bracketed tournament. I don't think 64 people are even going to buy the game to be able to log on <laughs> and engage in that tournament. So again, pointless. Um, it's just a shambles, and and then it's got live service stuff on top of all that. It's got like a battle fucking race pass that you can spend real money on to get ca- seasonal characters because all the unlockables that you get when you buy the full game are shit. That's it's gross. Just, it's, it's just disappointing on every level. Um, like it's, there's, there's like s- small sparks of like a good technical racer in there because they have really kind of riffed on um, like Final Fantasy magic and summons and stuff in the power ups. And like, there's moments where that works, but then like, the shitty track ge- geometry that you constantly get stuck on and like the fact that half the power-ups don't work and the other half are too OP just ruins that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have I ranted about it enough? It's so disappointing. It's, it's not going to knock Garfield Kart off the throne. It's, it's, no, it's way better than Garfield Kart. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> on the spectrum of like Garfield Kart to Mario Kart, it's like somewhere in the middle. That's pretty niche. Excellent. I'm giving, that, about, a, I'm giving uh, that a five and a half, which I feel like okay. is maybe generous, but like there is some appeal in some cases to some people, but there's a I free... I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. how's it stuck up against Super Kids Racing? But uh... <laughs> Way better than Super Kids Racing. There's a free like light version, I think, that's going to be out on the same day where you can kind of just play basic parts of it, I think. Um, I, I would recommend that anyone who's remotely interested just try that first, and if they can get around the racing, then... Maybe give the full game a go, but otherwise, yeah. Big old skip. Cool. Nice. Yuck. Nice one, nice one. And that drops on Friday, the day this comes out? You say it flops on Friday. (laughs) I did. No, it flops when the embargo comes out. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it's out on Friday. Nice. No other big racing games out on Friday, so. I know. Nathan, you've, um, you've got a... Shall we talk Aussie made? We should talk Aussie made, yeah. Excellent. Mighty chop, chop, up. <laughs> All right, so I've been playing Conan. Chop, chop. Brackets, hurry up. Uh, so Mighty Kingdom Adelaide Studio has released their first console game. 
uh, Wednesday, 2nd of March here if you're in the Australias. And this is effectively a party-style, one-to-four-player, cooperative dungeon-crawling roguelike. Now, that's quite a mouthful. So the short short version there is if you're familiar with games like uh, Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon... Uh, you got a bit of an idea of what this is. Now it's heavily stylized cartoon graphics, which is a bit of a bit of a change or departure for Conan, uh, a property that is known for being quite a gruesome adult. Um, yeah, I, I've always known to have a, a, <laughs> a bit of a warning label attached, but here they have whacked some stick legs on the characters and morphed them into something looking closer to Castle Crashers. Uh, something a bit more Golden Age Newgrounds, and it's really, really good. Um, so this is the kind of game that you can pick up and play. It's going to be uh, functionally twin sticks, so you're going to move one analog stick to move your little dude around, uh, Conan or, or one of his uh, three uh, partying heroes, and then the right stick is going to swing your uh, chop chopper in a direction, your sword or hammer, scythe, spear whatever it may be, and of course all, all characters have their own unique ultimate ability which will charge up during combat. They've also got their own sort of unique spin on a dodge roll, um, a bow to shoot arrows, and uh, one thing that I found really cool, which was kind of one of this game's uh, semi-unique contributions to the genre, of which there's not, one of my criticisms is that there's not a whole lot new here if you're familiar with Isaac and those other games in the genre, but, but there's a few neat quirks, one of them in being that there's also a block introduced, which can operate as a parry, so if, if someone goes to hit you, they usually telegraph it, or if someone shoots something at you, they telegraph it, you time it right, you can send that damage back at them. And using the block generates, uh, if you've played any of the Super Smash Brothers games, you'll know that when you hold the block, you generate a little bubble ball around your uh, little fighter. And as it takes damage, its, it's little bubble reduces till it pops and you won't be blocking anything. So the same thing happens here with Conan as well. So you can be overwhelmed in the middle of a fight. You're in a, you're in a dungeon room and there's you know six wizards, a bunch of skeletons, and there's arrows going everywhere. And you're a bit discombobulated. You can just sort of block for a few moments and sort of gather gather your uh, bearings and then roll out but um i spent most of the game playing by myself because i found that and, and this is an issue that's not uh, specific to conan chop chop in fact it's a lot more remedied because of its art style but a lot of these games where you've got a lot of special effects happening on screen and you're trying to cooperate against very difficult odds and it is a very very difficult game more i found it more difficult than isaac and into the gungeon which are already extremely difficult games um I found that with, with other players, too much going on. Cacophony of visual effects and we, we'll be kind of really confused in a really thick fight. Might end up losing because we just couldn't quite see what, what was going on. Now that will be remedied with experience because the game's very bold in its colour styles and generally speaking, it's going to be pretty identifiable who is where because its use of colour is pretty specific and pretty deliberate. Um it, I didn't finish it. I haven't finished it. I've made it to that. Effectively, this is a rathathon for the, these Conan champions are competing for riches, or rather, to beat these four guardians of Zaltotan, which is this kind of, I guess, demonic god that's being resurrected. Um, so what we're doing is we compete. We're defeating the guardians, which I think is going to lead to some resurrection of Zaltotan. Now we don't know this. Our heroes don't know this. Uh, they're just doing it for the glory and the riches because it's it sounds like a, a great, you know, exciting thing to do when they're not on the piss. Uh, and this is all being set up by an evil wizard 
uh, Toth Amun. Now, all of this is drawn from the Conan mythos, but of course, this doesn't require any knowledge with the IP whatsoever, because really beyond a couple of names and a couple of locations and uh, some stylized takes on some beasties from in the universe, it's not immediately identifiably Conan. It rather just works as a kind of charming novelty. It's nice if you like Conan to play in this sort of cartoonish sort of almost whimsical take on the universe but I think the best thing about this the reason why I think this is going to be an Australian made game of the year for me this is going to be something I'll come back to at the end of the year with our awards so I think it's really important is it's just so approachable without being patronizing in any way it has as I say it's it's as challenging as any of its peers in the genre but this is a game that you can just slap in someone's hands go all you need to know is just to move the analog sticks and that and, and you'll already be helping and we'll just go from there and of course the game opens up tremendously for, with a lot of depth beyond that in terms of different weapons abilities passives you can build these absurd characters and the last thing i'll say is i found that my one go-to build if i was lucky involved um taking one of the ranged characters Baylet uh, or Belit, uh, and making so that her uh, bow fires two arrows at once really really fast those arrows have a pretty much split chance between turning into bombs or turning into chicken eggs. And if I fire enough chicken eggs really quickly, they'll hatch into warrior chickens that will fight for me, um, basically functioning as little summons and at the same time doing loads of other different special effects. So you become these little nuclear weapons if you manage to stick through far enough. It's very rewarding. Ended up giving it an 8.5 and remarking on, yeah, just how approachable it is without feeling like a children's game. It absolutely isn't a children's game. It's going to brutalize and make children cry, but you could definitely stick it in a kid's hands if you needed to get someone on the couch to help you through a dungeon. Good game. Really well done. Nice. And uh, what uh, what score did you play? I already said that. Oh, sorry. Did you play? Did you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, a very admirable 8.5, which I believe we say is uh, get, get around that. Get around it. Get around that. Um Nice one, nice one. My apologies. I uh, <laughs> tuned out there for. Just focused uh, on the order 1886. Uh, He's played three times of, uh, since since the beginning of that. Reading one of Kieran's pieces, so um, you can forgive me for being. I was uh, my oh. eyes were drawn elsewhere. All more, more important things to pay attention to. That's it. <laughs> Look, you know, with an you know with an embargo in, in six minutes, you know. More more important things. Ooh. No, no, but yeah, no. It sounds like a good time. So you did you? How much did you play with Adam overall? I've not played it with Adam. Oh right, okay, okay. No, yeah. but fortunately, I was able to coax a couple of people in my immediate vicinity onto the couch, which I yeah. think is probably the best way you're going to enjoy this game. When they say it's a party game, I wrote in my review. I dis. I think the use of party is maybe a bit liberal because a party game to me denotes something that probably has a very low skill threshold that you could knock off in a clean thirty minutes. A good Conan run is going to be 60 minutes. It's going to be hard as heck. There's not going to be a whole lot of partying happening. But if you get a few scrubs on the couch together, I guarantee you're going to laugh. Like, it's going to be a wild time. You're so going to lose, but you're going to fail joyfully. Nice. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, shout-outs to uh, Mighty Kingdom there. Uh, I think uh, based in South Australia, or at least the That's company right. is, yeah. is based in South Australia. But I think they got, they got uh, devs and whatnot all over the country. Karen, you've uh, reviewed a good game as well this this week. <laughs> I've reviewed a good game this week. Um, and the name of that game is Triangle Strategy. Ooh. I, I, can, I can see Nathan's excitement. It's palpable. Tell me. Um, this 
is, I mean, it's rather obvious. This is another in the succession of Square Enix's recent obsession with HD 2D titles, um, where, you know, they've been taking more, I guess, classical uh, JRPG elements and and kind of revitalizing them in in the unreal engine with with you know a lot of modern sensibilities and some of those that they've been doing are obviously remakes of older games and then they've got their originals like octopath traveler which was a very 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 good example of of this um and triangle strategy essentially does for tactics rpgs what octopath traveler did for traditional jrpgs in that it just like it distills and abridges you know that classical sort of vibe and everything that people are nostalgic for in those older JRPGs um, but in a much more palatable like much more modern form that you know people can enjoy even if they're not pining for you know decades old Super Nintendo 32-bit PSX era games Um, essentially like whether you love Final Fantasy Tactics and still dust off your old PS1 to play it every year or whether you're brand new to tactical RPGs like there's something to like enjoy in this which is I think like a a pretty big deal because there's so many of these games that fall into the trap of being too rigid in their you know reverence for the old um, and they don't do enough of the new so that's um cool <laughs> thanks jordan um <laughs> that's a that's a big thing but essentially what this game's about is is a war uh and it's a war between three nations and that's where the triangle you know sort of motif starts to come into it um you play as uh Sarah Noah, who is like the lord of a, a small house in one of those three nations um, and essentially the, the story is, is of those nations fighting over salt, which is, I guess, their most precious resource um, because their world is so depressing and their food is so bland that salt's the only thing that brings anyone happiness. Um, so in this war for salt, uh, a tr- the game starts with these three nations making a truce, but it quickly devolves into like Game of Thrones level backstabbery and politicizing. So um your role as the house uh, the lord of one of the houses of of glenbrook which is one of those nations is to kind of just decide where your allegiances are look after your people or look after yourself or look after the greater interest um and all of that involves making decisions um and some of those decisions you make directly uh with the scales of conviction which are uh, like a voting, like a democracy system that your you and your party use to decide what to do next. Um, and some of those choices are made for you just based on uh, your convictions, which are like a, an invisible tally of your actions and your deeds and stuff, which you don't really get to see like what affects what and where you, where you sort of lie. So it's an interesting system. Um, and what it does is really kind of lend itself to like the drama of, of this war because you kind of you don't know if the decisions you're making are the right ones they're more often than not going to end up fucking you over completely um sometimes you make a conscious choice and it's wrong and it sucks sometimes you make a conscious choice and you're right and it's amazing sometimes you don't get to make a choice and it fucking sucks um but like it's just like i think the game's like spread out roughly over 20 chapters and there's probably like I could identify at least a dozen points where 
the story can take a completely different turn based on everything that's happened before. So there's so much flexibility in the turn of events and there's so much like back and forth um, that it's just like, it's a wild ride. Um, and I know Nathan's keen on knowing the answer to this and it's not <laughs> an overly long game. It's, it took oh. me 20 hours. Oh. Um, but that's one playthrough and I am desperately keen to play again and again and again because I feel like there is so much that I haven't seen um, and there's just so much scope for me to make decisions that I didn't make the first time around that I feel like are going to have tangible consequences that I haven't seen yet. So I know there's multiple endings. I don't know how many there are, um, but definitely like there's enough there for me to play at least one more time and still get like a, a wholly different experience, which I'm very excited about. Um, and the other, I guess the other main thing about this game being a tactical RPG is the combat, um, which is going to be a huge draw for a lot of people. Uh, if you're sort of a massive fan of, you know, you know, tactics, ogre and fun fancy tactics and all those old TRPG games, um, it pretty much does what they did really well, but then it adds on extra layers, uh, of its own sort of unique ideas. And a lot of those fall down to, uh, every one of the characters that you can recruit. I think there's like more than 20 characters that you can recruit over the course of the game all have their own very unique abilities on top of, um, you know, what weapons they're using and, and magic and stuff. So um, there's a lot of like mixing and matching that you can do to devise these uh, sort of long strategies. Um, and there's a lot of uh, environmental play involved as well. Um, like one of the first examples the game teaches you is uh, one of the characters that has fire magic can set fire to the ground around enemies, obviously to keep them burning. But then you can also cast ice magic on those ground squares to melt, like to sort of just turn the ground into water. Um, and then you can cast lightning on that ground that's covered in water to shock the enemies. Um, so there's lots of like, you know, multi-stage strategies that you can devise. There's heaps of verticality in all the battlefields. Um, the game kind of gently recommends which characters you should use in each of the battles, but honestly, like no matter which party you choose and what abilities and what weapons you have, there's always some, there's always something you can do. There's always some last ditch effort you can make. There's always some harebrained scheme you can concoct that's going to get you through the battle. I can't count the number of times that I ended the battle with just like two characters, like squaring off against like a pincer attack of like a dozen enemies, just by the skin of their teeth, just trading, spells and healing and and you know sort of just barely making it out alive and it's kind of like it plays into the the themes of the game overall where like every choice you make is either gonna be a good one or so bad that it's just super exhilarating and uh kind of draws you right in so yeah there's it's just it's a lot of fun it's i don't know what else to say about it but I, i'm sure nathan has questions I certainly do. First question there, you sort of alluded earlier that there's, uh, well, you didn't allude, you said outright there's choices to be made. But yes. does that allude to there being like branching story paths that mean you might see different stages that you may not on the, another Like playthrough? one of the first big choices you make is like where you go uh, in this, in the, like in the world but between the other two nations that you can travel to and who you are like, who you ally with basically kind of uh fire emblem ish i get i've never played fire emblem but like i get, oh, okay. the, I yeah, get the gist of it but yeah like essentially um it without having played a second playthrough yet I, I can't guarantee but essentially it feels like you know within a couple hours you've got two 
completely different forks. And then each of those within a couple more hours has two more and it just kind of goes out from there. So, um, right. So that could I, be a lot of game there yet still. Yeah. Like based on the, the path that I kind of took through the game and what happened, I can see things being completely different in another playthrough. So it's, it's very cool. Like yeah, you, you're going to want to go through it at least twice. No, I'm down for that. That sounds promising. And an issue, a challenge mm. that these games have, and I wonder if this game encounters it and has to tackle it, is you mentioned verticality. Mm. And typically with these games, they're laid out in such an angle, an isometric angle, that it can actually be difficult judging verticality when it's all square and tile-based, judging you know, what is the actual depth here? How high is this? Do, do, is it at all fiddly trying to navigate that emphasis on verticality? Not at all. Like, it's a fully 3D camera. Um, okay. And everything is grid-based, but um, it's it's very obvious, like, yeah, like what's what and where everything is. And the game, um, not only... Ob- obviously, it highlights where your characters can move and stuff as well when it's their turn, but also um, it'll tell you... Uh, before you move a character into a square, whether they're going to be in line of sight of an enemy, and it will Ooh. highlight which enemy that is as well. Um, and it'll tell you which squares are safe to be on uh, without being in the path of an enemy attack. And also, it has a, a really cool feature, which I don't think I mentioned in the review, but you can test a, a, an action before you do it. So you can like simulate doing it and see yes. what the outcome is before you actually commit to it. Um, so that's that's also really cool. Uh, but yeah, no, everything's very like uh, very easy to read in in terms of like the battlefield. The only downside being that the switch feels uh, like it's doing the game a disservice just based on how low res things can be. Sometimes I, it, I like, found it that in the demo weird. Yeah, yeah, I noticed in the demo because the demo is the first three chapters, and immediately I'm playing on the OLED, which you would have been as well. Mm. It's blurry. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like normally, I'm expecting a game like this, a HD. 2d game to have really sharp yeah. low resolution sprites and they're like low resolution but they're not sharp yeah it's especially like because i recently i didn't replay it in full but i recently just dived into um octopath on the series x when mm. they ported that over and it went on to game pass and coming from that to this is a bit jarring it's a very very pretty game but yeah. it it deserves more than the switch Ooh. oh all right, big uh, big closing words there. Very nice. So you can check out the uh, the reviews for Conan Chop Chop, Chocobo GP, Triangle Strategy on the. I think I fucked that last word on the website. Um, I didn't. Get, I didn't. Um, I didn't reveal the score by the way. It's yeah. Uh, I was waiting for uh, it. It's a, you know, it's a big old nine. Big old nine. In case you already said it. Nine nine nine. Big he was going to do nine. a ten, but he was worried that Nathan was going to burn him next week. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, everything's good about it, except like then, <laughs> then when you put it together, it sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, Stand by my words. <laughs> we have uh, we have one more game to talk about for review, but before we get stuck into that one, here's a message from our sponsors. Well, not from our sponsors, but it's from us about our sponsors. But here it is. Mm-mm. Splish splash, I was taking a bath and I noticed I have beautiful balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist hygiene, are turning men's shower dreams into their favourite routine with the all-new Ultra Premium Collection. This all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle is designed to upgrade the everyday man's shower routine from head to toe. Your skin, hair and balls deserve this. 
Save big by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code WELLSHAVED. Now, as a guy, I can tell you that nine times out of ten, my showers involve hot water, a little bit of soap, and probably about two minutes of actual effort. But let me walk you through the Manscaped shower routine once you have access to the new Ultra Premium Collection. Step 1. Lather on the cologne-infused Ultra Premium Body Wash with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean and moisturized all day. Step 2. Hair care time. Can't neglect that. Apply the 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner that cleanses and nourishes all in one easy step. Plus, the non-greasy formula has a base of coconut water, green tea and aloe turmeric to really get you smelling good. Also, don't forget to apply this to your armpits and pubes, alright? Step 3. Once you hop out of the shower, protect yourself from body odour by applying the Manscaped Aluminum-Free Deodorant. This deodorant dries clear and is also cologne-infused to make that special person really notice how good you smell. Step 4. Maybe apply the Manscaped Lip Balm. I mean, it's a free gift when you purchase the Ultra Premium Collection, so, I mean, what do you got to lose? And last but not least, yeah, we're still using the Lawnmower 4.0 electric trimmer to clean off any unwanted body hair. Not to mention the Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, so you bet it's now a major key to any shower routine. This elite trimmer was designed in a lab to trim hair on loose skin, so even though your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like one. Benefit from the proprietary skin-safe technology. Show them you care. This new bundle will change your life and we want all of you to get a hold of it, so please, save big by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code WELLSHAVED. Get your groom on. That code again, WELLSHAVED. Alrighty, yeah, so definitely get on that because the, I don't know about, I know we've, we've uh, talked about it, but um, my balls are absolutely loving the lawnmower 4.0 and... Speaking of smooth balls, I have been reviewing Gran Turismo 7. Um, Say Turismo again. Turismo. <laughs> Turismo. Turismo. Um, yes. So apart from the butchering of the name, I have, yeah, I've been reviewing that. Uh, that's two racing games in the space of about of a week, maybe like 10 days. So I'm pretty much fucking sick of racing games. Local right Revhead Zach Jackson. Uh, you you it, say that it. until there's the order card. Mate, I would fucking love that. Um, but you'd probably be racing like what, horses and carriages or something? Um, uh, no, PlayStation All Stars Cart Royale. You're racing anyway. the, uh, on the Lycans. Anyway, um, Grand Turismo 7, let's talk about that. So, this is the flagship racing game from PlayStation uh, or Sony. Uh, and poly, 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 I can't even fucking say that. Polyphony. Polyphony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, digital. Uh, yeah. So it's fucking good, man. It is really good. Uh, I'm not a massive, like, I'm not a super, oh yeah. I'm not a super, uh, like car guy. So, uh, I've written here in my review that if, if you, you do want, if you're not a super car guy. Oh, I should have said Super Cargo because I actually did have the Super. But yeah, if you are wanting like an opinion or a review from like a like a series veteran or some absolute weapon that uses like a, a steering wheel and you know has the whole setup, then go out there and check that out. I'm more giving you know the opinion of someone who just loves the you know car racing game here and there, or maybe two in a week, um, and you know likes to pick up and play over time. But it is good, very, 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 very good. Uh, and I think this uh, brings Gran Turismo back to uh, its, I don't want to say its rightful place, but it's, you know, it's 
where I guess probably PlayStation expects it to be, you know, as one of its best in its class kind of thing. And it's and just as a quick as a quick sidebar is it's great to see now that both Xbox and PlayStation have two fantastic or they each have a fantastic racing uh, experience. So, you know, fans of both genres, ah, genres, sorry, um, consoles have uh, have a game uh, to experience there. But yeah, so this is more, you know, having played Grid Legends last week, uh, you know, which is which is probably more of an arcade experience than, than it is a, a driving simulator. Gran Turismo is definitely on the other the other foot there, with uh, being more geared towards a driving sort of simulation, racing simulation experience. So, yeah, you know, turning corners is it's a, it's a lot more real, realistic in the sense that you can't absolutely fang it as hard as fast and fast as you want, and sort of you know hit the handbrake, do a sick wheelie, and you know turn it. As if uh, you know you're a good old Vin Diesel or Nick Cage from going in 60, 60 seconds because you'll end up planning straight into the wall or just spinning out of control and whatnot. So you do have to pay attention, and it is about racing smart and not just racing fast. So because it's hard, like I nearly say, it's, it's the Dark Souls of races um, while keeping on. Can uh, I get a round of applause? No, it's not, it's not. I wouldn't say it's that hard, but but it is. It, it is. It's not easy. Like there were some races that I found myself. I, I, I was winning quite easy, um, but there were other races where, um, you know, I, I struggled to to scrape third, uh, and that really all comes down to your your car's overall performance points rating. So cars in this game have a, a have a PP rating. Um, which ultimately determines how good your car is, and and races require a, a certain amount to be competitive. Uh, as such, they also have like regulations on, on what you do need to have. So, you might need to have like a front wheel wheel drive, for example. Uh, you might need to have a car from like the European region, for example, or other sort of things like that. So there are a bunch of uh, different uh, regulations and requirements for each sort of race. Um, and then your PP is handy as well, and. Obviously, the PP's higher the PP, <laughs> the higher your uh, higher and harder your PP, the <laughs> the the faster uh, you finish. So, um, <laughs> the uh, from Kira. <laughs> um, Sorry. You actually, uh, yeah. So. Um, fucking hell, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, so your car's rating, and, and that's all done through like the tuning shop. So there's a tune shop that you can go into, and you uh, there's there's five different categories. Uh, uh, sports, I think, is it? Fuck, anyway, there's one, and there's sports, club sports, racing, yeah, semi racing, racing, and, and extreme, and you can uh, buy parts from those five categories and upgrade your PP uh, for a better performance. I've seen commercials um, about that. I know, I know. Hopefully, we uh, don't get sponsored by them. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so uh, fuck. Now I've sort of, I've sort of gone, gone off track uh, with this, but um, racing, you know, racing feels amazing. I, I think this is one of the best racing experiences in terms of gameplay that I've had, and I would, like, pro- I would probably still say that Wipeout. Um, and Jordan would agree is probably still my favourite Sony racer. But Fuck yes. uh, in terms of in terms of car races, uh, you know I've, I do love a good arcade experience. But this would probably be nearly you know, be taking like the number one spot of my favourite races. And I, even though I've played you know probably close to 40, 50 hours of car racing games in the past week and a, week and a bit, 
um, you know, I'm, I'm keen to dive in into more to this one. Now, um, just a quick, I'll sort of give like a quick overview of what the game's about because you know what it is, like it's it's racing. Um, but just back on the racing, like, you know, like cars have like, they have real weight to them and because it is that driving simulation experience, you know, they do feel uh, a lot more realistic to handle. Um, and each car does like sort of feel a bit different. Haptic feedback, it's uh, subtle, but it's it's implemented very well. Uh, so you really, you, you will kind of feel as best as, uh, you know, as the feedback can sort of provide different sort of surfaces and, you know, and, and braking will, uh, the hardies would kind of break the more pressure and sort of stuff and that you'll, you'll need to have, um, difficulty wise, there's a bit of options that you can do. You can actually, I actually forgot to write this in my review. It's something I just thought of just, just then, but there is like, uh, an assisted mode, I guess, if you want to say that, uh, if you want to call it that, I can't remember what it's actually called, but basically where the game sort of breaks it for you. So you can fang it as fast as you can. Uh, and then the, the game will actually break and turn. You, you still have to turn, but the game applies like the right amount of break and, and times the break correctly for you. Um, otherwise, you can disable it. And there's still, you know, there's still that red sort of line which sort of tells you how um, that you know that you that you've got a break. Uh, it's all done uh, in this online world, uh, which and, and we'll come back to that. And it's all yeah, it t- takes part in what's called the world map. Uh, and your main area that you'll be in is the world circuit, and it's spread across uh, the Americas, Asia, Oceania, and uh, Europe. And there's a there's over ninety tracks combined uh, uh, across those three regions, or three and a half re- or four regions if you if you want to count um, Asia, Oceania as, as two. So there's a ton of like. There's like a ton of content here in terms of races, and you know you win races, you get credits, uh, you buy more cars. Uh, the other main area that you spend is in the cafe, uh, and a bloke named Luca will give you a bunch of different menus, which is essentially like little challenges kind of thing. And he'll be like, "Here, here's a menu. Go get three uh, Japanese cars, or go get three American muscle cars, you know, stuff like that." And the way it's actually quite good because I never felt like I was actually grinding. To get new cars because what what it does is that you uh, these challenges or these menus will uh, navigate you to three tracks or three of um, three events in the world circuit and then you will um, when you complete those tracks you'll actually unlock a car that you need next or, or sort of like that so you know you might be tasked with you know like, like the three muscle cars for example uh, and then you'll actually unlock one of the three cars so then when you do get the next set of events that, that, that do require um, a muscle car, you've got that car ready ready to go. So you're not actually sort of grinding to sort of uh, get um, parts and and cars to sort of progress, which, which is good because I, I, I felt like that helped the flow. The one thing that I do think kills it is there is still that requirement to get your license. Uh, I've never really been a fan of that. Uh, it does sort of bog everything especially down. Especially in real but, life? Or? Uh, especially in real life. Uh, I got it first go, by the way, so... Shoutouts to me. Uh, okay. But then I lost my license about six months later. Not shoutouts to me at all. Um, Let's get it. Yeah, but you lost your license first go, so. See, I was, I was future, future, projecting mm-hmm. myself playing Gran Turismo. I was going too fast, man. Ah, okay, yeah. um, Foreshadowing in my little Toyota Celica, but you know, um, unfortunately, that car is not here. But there is an absolute shit ton of cars here. There's over four hundred cars. Uh, across all the brands that you that you know and love, you you know you got your 
Ferraris, you get your Porsches. Oh, I love the they Porsches. Well. You know, there's, there's Aston Martins. There's different like, car types. So there's road cars, and, and road cars sort of vary between like you know like your Minis, uh, like your Polos, and then you got like your Supras, like like your sporty sort of um, like Japanese cars. So then you got like your fancy sort of your you know your fancy pants, rich money cars, um, like yeah, like your Maseratis, your Aston Martins, and there's even a, a Tesla. Uh, so there's a shit ton of cars, and you can tune fucking everything everything that's under that hood or everything that's on that whole entire chassis you can fucking tune it um so there's a ton of stuff that you can do so car enthusiasts who like to get a shit ton of digital grease on their hands there's plenty for you to do here uh there's also a, a livery or livery editor however you pronounce that word so you can actually change you know the, the paint color and do all, all sorts and put all put some sick tats on your uh on your car if you want in terms of decals and stuff so you know there, there's a ton of customization as well soundtrack fucking rocks as well um you know you can be in like the menu and when it's when you're looking at cars you know and it's sort of got this sort of car porn going on there's like classical music that just sort of you know it's real fancy and then you you know you're on the racetrack and it could be like a rock tune could be a fucking fat beat it could be anything it could be my boy roosevelt with one of his banging tunes playing um you know there's i think there's over 300 tracks i did read that but i don't i didn't want to write that in the review because i wasn't i didn't want to commit yeah, to that they should have a track for each car uh, um but there's there's a shitload of music there and, and it's all great i know that one thing kieran and i uh have discussed and kieran actually mentioned it because i was just sort of pushing through i was just you know pushing through the manuals i didn't really take it in until he sort of explained it but the way that so this game it looks phenomenal um and the way that it handles ray tracing is actually really clever because you can prioritize ray tracing or frame rate. And when you prioritize ray tracing, uh, it'll actually only apply to uh, when you're sort of not racing. So if you're doing like a race replay, if you're doing like the photo mode or there's like another mode called, well, photo mode is part of scapes uh, and scapes also allows you to sort of play these pre-rendered videos of, of a particular car you want to watch and it's driving through real locations. So it's obviously being you know superimposed or however you know with the fucking wizardry that they've got going on um but when you're actually racing uh it turns off ray tracing and it makes sure or it makes you have a smooth like 60 frames per second experience so it doesn't you don't have that sort of laggy you know janky sort of race because it's trying to render you know like ray tracing while you're going at 300 k's an hour um it just you know it, it sort of disables it because when you're you know driving that fast or you know when, when you're focusing on the road you're not really worried about how pretty things look um so that's so that's really cool i mean the game yeah the game looks great wet weather looks fantastic um it does have this this like uh the, like live dynamic time zone thing which i didn't really quite understand uh so maybe kieran has some insights on that it, it's basically in the top right corner in the menu it's got like the current time of the time zone that you're in but i thought it translated into the races but it doesn't so i don't really quite understand how that works apart from the like the world map itself gets like darker like when it's night time kind of thing but kieran's given me some eyes so maybe he's got some more insight into that nah shaking his head so um but <laughs> it, it, it like does that um, the only thing that the only probably there's two or three main criticisms I would have one I've already mentioned which is the licenses the other thing is the online only requirement so that is a bit of a shit thing the offline modes uh, are pretty limited so you've got a music rally uh, mode which I'll get Kieran to talk about because he he froths that um, and there's not really much else uh, I mean I haven't really had a chance to experience the offline mode 
as well. I was too busy trying to play it for review. But the main thing that I probably had wrong with it that was uh, I felt a bit uh, cumbersome was the way they actually changed cars. So there's a, in, the, in the world map, there's a bunch of different menus. You've got uh, the tune shop. You've got um, the two car dealerships. So you've got the used car and the brand central. Uh, you've got GT Auto, which is where you can do like your library editor. And you can do like, you can fucking oil change your car because your car will obviously like, you know, the oil degrade over time. So it's all, all that shit that, you know, car enthusiasts love. It, it's all there. But the way you have to tune, sorry, uh, well, the way that you do each car is you actually have to go back into the garage hit the change car menu, change, select the car that you want, and then go back out and do what you want. So if you're sort of like me, who every now and again, or most of the time, likes to sort of you know earn a shitload of coin, go and upgrade a, you know, a handful of cars at a time, or you know two or three cars at a time, it's actually quite cumbersome to go through the menu because you have to go into the tune shop. And there's actually a little, a little section up the top which tells you the car you've got selected. So it would be really great if you could like drop down and, change you know you could access change car from there but it doesn't you have to tune that car go back out go to the garage change the car go back out go to the tune car uh, tune shop again or wherever you that you want to go um so i felt like that could be probably a little bit better implemented it's not it's not like a massive thing because i, I did find that the more i played and you know the more that i knew about it the more the more i put off I, I sort of worked around it kind of thing so i would tune which whatever car i needed at that time but it did mean that if I did want to go and play around, like I was actually uh, just even earlier tonight, I was I, I had to tune a car down um, to um, to make it uh, fit the regulations of a certain race. But then I was like, fuck, I, I want to go and like give my other car like a different paint job. So I had to go out, go to the garage, just like that car, go back to the different to a different mode, and that's fine. Like the different modes of different things is is fine. But I think they could have had a better way to have your uh, access to. Uh, the changing car. Uh, I don't want to go on for too much long because we've still got heaps to talk about. Um, yeah, and there's some, there's another, there's some other couple of modes. There's showcase, which you can sort of see all the screenshots and stuff. You take it, you know, the photo mode's really great. I'm talking really fast. Uh, I don't know if you even understood what I just said. There's another missions mode as well, which is like a bunch of challenges. So it'd be like, hey, in this short little 500 meter circuit that you've got, overtake all the cars, but you can't touch them. Um, things, things like that kind of thing. There's like you know, knock all the cones over in this thing. Uh, so there's that sort of that that sort of mode. Um, I didn't really dive into that too much. You have a collect a collection a collector level. The more cars that you uh, unlock and buy, the higher your collector level. The more the higher that that level, the more challenges and missions that you unlock. Multiplayer there's split screens. So that's really cool if you like to to do couch co- a couch you know races. There's two. Uh, main online servings you've got the just the stock standard multiplayer mode which is you know you just your basic races and then there's a sports mode which is like a more competitive kind of mode so if you do if, if you do think that you're king shit and, and, and want to prove it against uh, everyone else you can you can go into the into that mode uh, i'll see you there uh, i'll see you in the review mirror there um that's pretty much it that i've talked very quickly through i'm just scrolling the review if i've missed anything I don't think there is. Kieran, do you want to give us a quick shout on what you uh, thought um, and about Music Rally? Sure. Um, I guess on the game itself, I definitely haven't played as much as you have. I'm still kind of barely scratching the surface, but um, I I wasn't sure if I was going to get into this because uh, I'm not really a racing kind of guy. 
I like my my burnouts and my Need for Speeds and my Forza Horizons because there's obviously a lot more appeal just beyond like the pure act of racing. I was worried that GT7 was going to be a little bit more clinical, a little bit more kind of just gearhead oriented, but um, I just love how much this game loves cars and it makes me love cars even though I don't. It's just like, I feel like at every turn, it's like, you're like, it's like, oh, buy a new car. You're like, okay, cool. I, I, I bought a new car. And it's like, here's all of the history. Here's a photo of everyone ever involved in making this car. Here's why this car is so great. Here's this car driving down a, like a pretty landscape. Here's like this. And I'm, it's just like, it's like, it's like the developers like come into your home with the car and they're like, fucking look at this thing. And you're like, holy shit. Okay. I love it. I'm sorry. Um, so like, I don't know. I'm weirdly getting into it. I really like it, but uh, as just to quickly, sorry, just quickly, but that that is a very very good share. And one thing that I did miss, there's a ton of information history. There's just a shit ton of love in this game, um, and it's super endearing and it's super like if you go and do trivia and there's a there's a host or whoever writes questions loves cars. This is a great little tool to <laughs> use because there's fucking info coming out the wazoo here, like. It is just like in, so when you go, just to give you a very, very quick idea, when you actually finish a menu in the cafe, old mate Luca, he'll he'll talk your ear off about the three cars that you just collected, right? He'll tell you like a little brief history of them. There's, um, you know, probably only like minute to two minutes long or whatever. And even when you're on, if you're pausing and the game, like a, like a loading screen, not a loading screen, like a screensaver, sorry. You know, info will like come on, on the screen um, um and when you're actually in like the branch in, in the brand in the in the brand central which is where you buy all the new cars like like the fancy cars in each like porsche ferrari fucking nissan blah 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 whoever in each menu before you there's like four little options there's like showcase which is where you can buy the cars and there's like uh museum um his, no uh there's another thing that it just it's like there's two little options which tells you which goes through like go goes through the fucking timeline of, of the company and then it gives you like a history there's like another like little uh, thing as well which gives you like a full detailed um you know lesson on this fucking company uh there's just a ton of info here it's it's really really it's like it's super informative and these dudes at polyphony i can't even say that name polyphony poly, poly, polygamy whatever they fucking love cars, yeah. right? And you can these, these you dudes can are fucking, polygamy. <laughs> you can fucking see it, and it's it's awesome. Um, Kieran, go on to music rally now. Um, yeah, I just I wanted to just give a quick shout out to Music Rally for being the the I guess like most f- like fun mode of everything that I've played in the game, and probably the thing that will appeal the most to casual onlookers. Um, essentially it's a mode that just gives you a specific car, a specific track, a specific song and tasks you with driving around this track, uh, as well as you can, not necessarily as fast as you can, but obviously faster is better. Um, but essentially you want to, you want to keep the beat going, uh, so that you make it all the way through to the end of the song without your, like your little beat counter running out, essentially like time running out. Um, so it's very kind of like uh, very heavily kind of curated so that these tracks, like the twists and turns of the tracks kind of match like the vibe of the music. Um, the scenery kind of matches. Your little beat counters like bopping along at the top of the screen. 
Uh, you're not racing anyone in particular. You're, you're driving past other cars and they're just there to look cool and for you to go, oh, cool car. Um, and then like, yeah, your only goal is just to kind of just keep going for as long as you can, drive through the checkpoints to add more beats to your counter uh, and make it to the end of the song. Um, and it kind of ties into like that in itself is a lot of fun because it's super chill. Um, it's kind of like when I get home from work now, I, I sit down and I do a couple of music rally songs um, just like vibe along to the music and careen down these like long stretches of road. It's really cool. Um, and then it, it ties into like one of the features that GT7 has, which is music replays, which takes your replays from your races uh, and takes a song and kind of like mixes up the cinematic cameras and, and the, you know, the edits and the cuts to match the music. So you get these like instant kind of like cool little music videos of you uh, horribly crashing into walls and stuff like in my case at least um so that's really cool so like it's like you get kind of these two things um and it is heavily curated so unless i'm missing something i'm pretty sure there's only six six songs in that mode like six kind of configurations of tracks and song um but they're all a lot of fun uh like the second one you unlock is this uh song that i hadn't heard until this game but it's like a um rap like uh, electro song with Idris Elba in it and it's fucking sick um yeah it's just like even if I never play any other mode in that game I'm happy to just like go home after a long day put on music rally vibe out for you know 10-20 minutes and then move on with my life I definitely wouldn't recommend dropping 125 bucks in the game just to do that but if you've got it uh it's it's a good time uh the song the Idris song was it was it boasty? No, it's it's Vroom Vroom. Okay. Oh, I don't mind his music. That song was actually not. It's not really my style of music, but I was actually like playing music rally. I was quite, you know, I was in the in the moment. Like it. it's good, right? Yeah. Because it's like um, that's the one set in like the Tokyo tunnels. So like yeah, you feel like you're like in like it's, a, it's, a Fast and the Furious movie. It's catchy. Yeah. Um, no, it's good. Yeah, the, that mode is um, it's good fun. It's good fun. I gave it a nine out of ten. Uh, I will quickly read my little summary here in the review. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is the culmination of Polly fucking Polly Funny's 25 <laughs> years of dedication to the racing genre and the automotive industry. And the final result is nothing short of, of outstanding with only minor nu- nuisances, stopping it short of a perfect lap. So 9 out of 10 there. Any questions, Kieran? Uh, sorry, Nathan and Jordan? Yeah, can no, you I mean... What's that? Can you buy me a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> no. A bit disappointed to hear about the licensing still being a bit of a, a hiccup, but I get that. Like, it's thematically a part of mm. GT now. Like, it would be a sore loss for some to remove that, but I guess it's probably going to be approachable enough now that it's not a big issue. Like, I'm just scarred from hours wasted in three, just getting the most mundane of stuff with the slimmest margin of success. Like... Accelerate yeah. to 60 and then break. But if you miss that by a split second, do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, mm. so um, then, like, there's only 10, like, there's 10 lessons in each license, and they're only, like, you know, as you know, like, they're very, very, very short. So, um, you know, yeah, you're not, um, you're not really there for a long time. It's just more of a thing, like, you sort of get in this rhythm where, you know, you're, you're racing and you're having fun and you just then you unlock more races and you're like shit yeah let's let's fucking go 
Uh, and then it's like, oh, no, you got to have your national fucking whatever license. And you're like, oh, I just can't be fucked. You know? Are so, they still kind of just like basic exercises or are they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like some of them are tough, man. Like I say basic, but some of them are. Yeah. It's like, it, yeah. But, you know, and I don't, it's not, it's not necessarily uh, a bad thing. Cause I feel like, you know, like people who, who play Gran Turismo for that authentic driving sort of experience you know that's you know they're going to enjoy doing that but this is for a casual player who sort of picks up it's it does feel like a little bit of a deterrent because it you know it's 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 how i felt i, I you know i got to that stage where i had to upgrade my license and i was like eh i go i'm gonna go do something else you know i'm gonna go <laughs> i should went and grinded out a bunch of races to afford a car that i probably didn't need at that point of time um so you know i was like eh, i don't want to do I did like a couple of the of the races, uh, the licenses. I was like, eh, um, I've had enough for now. But you know, in in order to keep playing, I'm gonna have to do it anyway. The the reviews up. Um, I was gonna make a sweet sweet joke about having a spoiler cast, but you know, I'm not gonna do that. Ha 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 All right, uh, Jordan Elix, shit. All right, cool. Um, pretty much. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about. Jorts, very we'll quickly go around around the room. We won't really talk about much. Uh, Nathan, what are you keen for this month in March? Yeah, come back to me. Uh, Jordan, what are you keen for this month in March? Uh, let me pull up my list because I've forgotten. All right, go Karen? back to Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll hit you with mine real quick. Uh, top of the list for me because there will be some crossovers. Stranger of Paradise, the uh, Final Fantasy one spin-off type of thing that looks all kinds of chaos. Uh, Triangle Strategy, as we've just heard from KV, will be probably actually my number one for March. Kirby's also looking pretty hot. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of innovations that game brings in, although it is interesting to hear it does play it a bit more classic. Uh, The Settlers, Ubisoft's uh, city builder management game that's usually pretty low stakes, seems to be making a pretty quiet return. Like I'm seeing little bits and bobs here and there, but... Is it just me or Ubisoft really aren't marketing that despite the fact it's coming out in March? I think... Like, have you seen anything? I get I get the inkling that maybe it won't, but yeah. we'll see. Then again, though, it might just be because it's not an overly homogenized open world game. <laughs> it is. It does stick out in their catalogue, that and like the Anno series, but I, the, I'm Ubisoft, really glad there's stuff. The website still says coming soon. It doesn't even have the, the date that they announced on it. Yeah, right. That's uh, concerning. So maybe my enthusiasm wanes for that a little bit. <laughs> and then last, uh, yeah, last on my list there is Rune Factory Five. Is it just a kind of last ditch grab at a title that looks interesting? I've got, I've, I've got some Rune Factory games. I don't really play them. I just like the appeal of a, a game that straddles that line between Stardew Valley and Harvest Moon, um, with, with some combat and that thrown in. It's uh, just always a relaxing time. So. I, I doubt I'll play it. If anything, it'd be a backlog game. The only game I'll probably commit myself to in March, maybe Stranger of Paradise. Triangle Strategy looks like a good winter game, a good game to sort of sit indoors and play for hours on end. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Jordan? Uh, well, you know, first and foremost, Kirby. Uh, I've never actually played a Kirby game. I've always wanted to. And uh, this one looks really freaking awesome. Yeah, do it. Um... Stranger Paradise. I was really interested in this, but Elden Ring has kind of ruined my interest in it because <coughs> that game is just so good. Um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Still don't know what the fuck this game is on about because uh, I haven't looked too much outside of the original promo material and 
I kind of want to go in with that expectation of just not knowing what's going on. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland or whatever, you know, I loved Assault on Dragon Keep. So, you know, more of that's great. Uh, Tunic, you know, just a little adventure game. We were pretty cool. And then Risk of Rain 2, Survivors of the Void. That expansion, mm. I'm really, really keen for. It actually released today. Um, and I'm really excited to get my hands on it. Nice one. Uh, KB, what do you got for us? Um, I'm looking at like the list of stuff that's coming out and I'm like, I pretty much want to like try everything that's here. Um, but obviously the games that I already have played or am playing, uh, Chocobo GP sucks. Um, Triangle Strategy, awesome. Kirby, obviously I can't make a judgment call yet, but, um, I think that I will try Stranger of Paradise because just purely based on how big of a, you know, Final Fantasy geek I am and how ridiculous it looks in terms of story and characters. I don't know if I'll commit to it because it's that style of game still just like hurts me a lot. Um, yeah, I'm kind of interested in tiny Tina's wonderlands, but also like tiny Tina's is probably my least favorite borderlands character. Isn't she? Uh, Ashley Birch is great, but what a shit Ashley, character. Ashley oh, Birch I, is amazing, but like, <laughs> uh, like in terms of like the, her character and just the dialogue, it just, yeah, it rubs me the wrong way. Um, yeah, no, I completely get that. But like, uh, I like, yeah, I'm still kind of interested in checking it out. So, um, Hope yeah, better than Borderlands Three. Um, but Ghostwire, I think, is my my main focus after everything else that I'm that I'm playing. Um, I think that that's the big one that I'm keen for. Nice. Uh, yeah, you and me both uh, there with with Ghostwire. Um, probably the only other ones for me would be uh, Siberia, the world before. Uh, keen for that. Uh, GT Seven. Keen to keen to get get into that one, and uh, King Arthur Knight's Tale, which is like a strategy esque kind of game. So um, my love for King Arthur will push me into into checking that out at the end of the month. There's probably... a there's at least one bigger mission from from Jorts this month. I've noticed Babylon's Fall. Uh, That's a big name title. Very little buzz. Well, it's, yeah. it's on the list in the article, but no one's keen for it. Uh, so. I, I played the demo. I, I think KV played the demo, and I might say more on that next week. Yeah, I think I think we'll say that for next week because yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're going to push ahead, and we'll, I've I've actually deliberately missed another game, which uh, Nathan you can talk about next week as well. Sick. Um, all right, let's go to the main reason why we're here this week, aside the from Alex everything we just talked about. Not Elix 2. It is the Peg... Fuck that up. The Pledges Pegging and... Challenge. We're all going to peg each other. <laughs> it's the pegging time. Uh, Pledges and Punishments for mm. 2022. Now, um, thanks to Adam, the last episode of last year got fucked up, so you didn't hear, but basically... Um, Pledges. I love how were, we can't go an episode without just reminding Adam of the time you fucked up the final <laughs> episode of last year. Well... God forbid it'll, I ever make a mistake. It'll, uh, trust me, it'll, uh, it'll, it only gets better from here. But, um, yeah, so the pledges last year, because it sort of was all, everything was a bit sort of cooked and everyone was really under the pump and locked down and just all the stresses from that, we, we just sort of decided to, to park the pledges. Um, people aren't off the hook yet. So Except any me. punishment that we got from last year, uh, as in we were assigned to play if, if we failed carries over to this year so if we don't 
pass our pledges this year. Um, we also cop the punishment from last year as well. Uh, to give people a quick reminder, if, if you're a first-time listener, long-time listener, but you know I talk a lot, so you've probably forgotten what pledges and punishments is. Um, it's basically where we, we pledge games from our backlog and, and play them, and, and we sort of challenge each other with you know shit games to play that if, if we do fail um and yeah so if you complete your your backlog pledges you are off the hook for the punishment game that you get assigned if you don't then you gotta you gotta play your punishment now punishment games can and this is where we were probably a little bit too generous but you know whatever it's it's uh, suited me fine so far as well so but punishments can stack so a couple of us <laughs> like me and kieran have <laughs> failed every year so far so all of our punishments are stacked so in order to complete our pledges, we actually have to complete assigned punishments beforehand. So if we complete our pledges, but let's say we, I've got two punishments that have been assigned that I have still got to play through, but if I get through one of them and, and not the second, then I actually still fail the pledges for this year. Um, the way that it works is you pick a rough figure uh, of hours that you that we will then agree on uh, as, as council of the pledges, um, we will it's based on your own time so we all know each each other's sort of personal time in in a way you know what we can commit to and what we can't so some people will have less some people will have more um and it, yeah so th- there's a rough guide of, of how long but let's just say it's five big games that might equate to 10 small games you know in very very simple terms so um that's the way that sort of works so we'll get straight into it um let me get up the list. I haven't. I'm not prepared at all because I was pushing that fucking GT review out. But the pledges. So, Kieran Stockton is picking his punishment for Adam. Now, Kieran is in Fiji, probably getting a shit tan, drinking <laughs> some sweet beers. Um, he has, actually hasn't supplied his pledges to me. Uh, I did say that I would pick his pledges if he didn't. Uh, submit them in time and he was like sure go for it and he's called my bluff so well played I got nothing nothing for him um, but he has chosen Adam if Adam fails his pledges uh, to play Sanity of Morris Ooh, <laughs> of course <laughs> um, so that's Adam's uh, punishment there I'll quickly quickly go through Adam's uh, pledges because he's actually chosen the punishment for KV. Oh God! Um, and you'll love this because your name Kieran is spelled K E I R O N. So that's how much Adam knows you. Um, wow! Hi, I Kieran. know, right? To be honest, so, KV, I've never seen Kieran spelt your way. <laughs> yeah, it, but like the the only the second part, the first part's normal. Yeah, yeah. Adam, this is true. This is true. Bloody M. The right, so, I before the E. Oh well, I'll no, I'm gonna I'm gonna fly through these. I'll, just for, so, I'll forgive Amda, Amda for that. Look long. Adam has pledged to finish in 2022. Oh, sorry, sorry. Before I start this, um, a rule we added. So extra couple of rules that we have, um, is that this year you can actually pledge a future game. So you're allowed one game that is coming out in 2022 that you can pledge, uh, but you the rules around are that you. And not to review that game. So if the event, if you do end up reviewing it, you do have to choose another pledge. People also get one wild card a year, uh, and that wild card means you can actually switch out a pledge at whatever point during the year. Um, the wild card has to equal the same amount of time. So if you choose 
a 10 hour game to remove you got to then pick 10 hours worth of, of, of games or close to enough you know we're not we're not that bad here well actually no i am so 10 hours um all right adam has played bloodborne Plague oh, Tale innocence boy. the order 1886 the sinking city the pathless observer the forgotten city and mm. this is where it gets really good he's pledged Elder Souls. Now, on on the hours that he's committed here, he's got, that's about four hours to finish. And I'm like, I was thinking, mate, you've probably played that for about 14 hours so far and you still can't beat it. Um, So, Nathan, you can't jump in and finish his pledges for him. Yeah, Uh, what is this? So, quick thing with his Bloodborne. Am I allowed to go and invade him and make it harder for him? No. No. I mean, I mean, he can just yeah. get sick of your shit and set a password, so... Yeah. You know, yeah, mum's I'll the just, word, I'll, eh? I'll just find the password um, and set it to be the same I'll thing. I'll find the password. I'll yeah, hack his mainframe. probably going to be like Star Trek 69 or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, so he has chosen for Curon to play. Yeah, he has chosen Balan Wonderland. Wonderworld. Balan <laughs> Wonderworld, sorry. <laughs> yep okay yep all right interesting uh, interesting it is very interesting right. okay so i have a sneaking I'll... suspicion this title's gonna pop yeah, up a I few times <laughs> oh no are you okay all right okay all right uh i'll quickly go through i need to have fucking multiple winners open this is confusing me uh i'll go through eleanor's I already know pages. how this is going so Eleanor's pledges, uh, and she's uh, choosing the punishment for Ash. Now Ash didn't supply me; he's just had a new a new baby. Shouts to him and congrats to his his partner and his younger daughter, Yana, Jaina, Jaina, sorry, Jaina. Um, and I've fucking forgotten the newborn Avery. Um, yeah, shouts to to Avery, a uh, big fan of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I've heard. So, uh, Eleanor has pledged to complete, and this, this actually took, took me by surprise. She's pledged to complete Gris. Uh, not, not, not that one. Uh, I think it's Delta- Gree. Gree. Gree, sorry. Gris. Sorry, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to power through these. So, no, I'm good not on you. Delta Rune Chapter 1 and 2. And this is where it gets a little bit interesting, as I was taken aback here. Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Legend, because I just assumed she was just a. When did that go on Switch? No, Eleanor's <laughs> just got a gaming PC. Oh, right. True, yes. yes. Ah, yeah. No, that's you were okay. Yeah, that's where it comes from. Okay, nice. Uh, Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda, Skyward Sword HD, Slime Rancher, Yakuza Zero, mm-hmm. yes. Spark, Sparklight, and Spirit Fairer, which is approximately totals 150 hours, which is fair. So, that's a fair that amount. A bit I don't more think we have that, any. So, but yeah, we're, yep. Uh, for Ash's punishment, she has chosen to play Dawn of Fear. Now, she did say and get the Avenger achievement. Now, one of the rules is that we don't really allow achievements because it sort of takes the fun away of playing a shit game. We not want, that we want, much fun we want it to be a bad time, not an impossible I, I, time. Yeah. Wasn't Dawn of Fear what I gave to someone else last time? It's what you picked for me, mate. It's exactly <laughs> oh, what you that's picked right. for me. The moment that you first, said it. That was our first ever so, interaction. I gave you the shittest game I could find. He was like, yeah, don't scare you off. I was like, no, nah, it's all right. So I vetoed the the achievement part of the of yeah. the deal, uh, and she was okay with that. So that is um, uh, that is Eleanor's uh, achievements. Oh, sorry, achievements. Um, her played into that fucking <laughs> <religious>. <laughs> fucking yeah. um, Okay, so Mark, 
Uh, Mark, who is Mark doing for? Mark is doing... Mark, okay, Mark's actually doing Eleanor. Here we go. Okay, so Mark has picked... Oh, let me just scroll up, sorry. Fuck. Um, okay, I mean, this is a little bit confusing, so I'll, I'll try and get this as good as I can. He's chosen Demon Souls, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Spirit Farer, Cyberpunk 2077. Um... And then he gave a real, he gave a fucking real good punishment. And I was like, bro, that's, they're meant to have a bad time, not a fucking good time. You know what I mean? Because um, <laughs> oh, no. he was like, got to play Death's Door or Hades. And I was like, that's not a punishment at all. Um, there were <laughs> achievements games. tied to that. Threaten um, me with there, a good time. Yeah, there were achievements to that. It was like, get 100% in Hades. And I was like, yeah. No, that's brutal. Um, that's brutal. Yeah. I was like, that's fucking hard, but also a good game. So... Uh, and he has chosen Eleanor to play Balan Wonder Wonderworld. Yeah, this <laughs> gonna be a thing. Yes, for his punishment. Uh, sorry, for her punishment. Uh, but he also okay. Now he's also added Kirby and the Land of the, the, and the Forgotten Land as his 2022 title, uh, as well as Concrete Genie and Kentucky Route Zero. Wow! Into his p- pledges. Now, yep. Um, I never said he needed more, unless I did. And then I'm just an asshole. I mean, I did. I did say I think this needs a couple more. So yeah, I agree. And I think those are safe bets too, because they're not quite walking simulators. They're not the most involved of games either. So I think they're smart picks. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So Demon Souls was yeah. So Demon Souls was. I didn't think that was very long. So that's why it's like like, twenty hours. If you're struggling, Um, actually, it depends on whether it's your first Souls experience or not. If you're, if you're a veteran, you can do it in about eight. Yeah, um, so, um, and then, yeah, Concrete Dream is quite short. Yeah. Uh, and the other one, yeah. No, anyway, cool. So that's Mark. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much all I've, I've got that haven't. Uh, Holly hasn't supplied me with hers. I'll quickly message her now. Um, uh, but let's go with uh, Kieran. What are your pledges? And you're picking for me. I am picking for so, you. Um, so right, I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna see what I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna get this out of the way. I picked Balan Wonderworld for you. <laughs> <laughs> Can we? I, th- I feel like at this point we just need to make that the, the universal punishment. That, game. That's this year's punishment. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for the devs now that we're picking. Like everyone's just like, "What's the shittest game we can think of?" Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> I don't know, Kira. Um, you should have given him Chocobo GP. But I know, but <laughs> but I like. This wasn't just like a like a pull a, pull a shit game shit game out of a hat. Like I know that you don't like overly childish games and like overly childish <laughs> platformers. So like, and not, this is not only a is this concentrated dose. Like it, like a if this game was better than it is, it, you would still fucking hate it. So like that's like that's my reasoning. I just want to you know put that out there. That it's I feel like mine's Cheers, justified um, no, because of that. how much I hate you. Um, <laughs> But as far as my... That's my punishments. As far as my peggings, um, I've only picked three <laughs> titles, but I feel like they're all roughly 70 hours plus for like an average playthrough, as far as I can tell. So I feel like that so fits the bill. Elden Ring. Um, I feel like that fits the bill of what I've done in the past. Um, the first one is Elden Ring, which I know I've started, okay. but I am going to start a new save because i'm not happy with what i've done in my other one anyway um so i'll be starting that from scratch um and then the other two are a pair of jrpgs that i was super super keen for last year and never got around to 
uh, in Tales of Arise and Neo The World Ends With You. Nice. So Good picks. Those are my picks for my peggings. Um, very, very nice. I uh, forgot, actually, sorry, I did speak with Holly previously and she actually did uh, give me her pledges because um, I was like, have you got them? And then she she told me and I was like, bro, you gotta you gotta up your game right up because that is, fucking, right up. that is weak. So her original pledges were Little Nightmares, Limbo, and the Artful Escape. That's tiny. And I was like, where's the fucking rest of it? You know what I mean? Anyway, so she's gonna commit to that and the whole the entire Uncharted series. Okay. Um, but but why is she punishing herself? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm. Um, I think. I think that's that's fine. I think. I. I said. It's, uh, it's I Holly's that, first pledge. Pledge year. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um. Her, her punishment is for Mark, and it is alone in the dark. Alone in the dark illumination, which I was like, I don't know what the fuck. Does that, that even still? I thought that was a multiplayer only game that got shut down. Is it a multiplayer? Is it? No, it's doesn't. Look, if it's a multiplayer, it was definitely co-op. Just, no, there's uh, a single player. Yeah, if, because I haven't said it. If it's impossible, no. just give him Balloon Wonderworld. No, you can buy it now. It's uh, all reviews are mostly negative. It's got 19% on Metacritic, and it's 30 bucks. So, oh, wow, the price like is it. higher than its rating. Sounds like an absolute dream. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty solid pick. All right, yeah, Nathan, wow. you are picking for Holly. Yeah, you want to have a guess what I pick for Holly? Balan Wonderworld. You're certainly right. <laughs> um, I will say also, I've got to, I've got to run her up if we want to give her something different. I was going to say Final Fantasy 13 as the alternative. We'll go with Balan. I think we'll go with Balan Wonderworld. Yeah, let's keep yeah. it on theme. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> what do you say to that? So yeah, that, that's Holly's punishment. That I'm sure she's gleefully looking forward to. What are you pledging? What okay. am I pledging? Ah, the second question. All right. So, look, we, we may need to shimmy these around. We'll see how we go. But the first cab off the rank is Dishonored 2. And, of course, that's been motivated from having finished, uh, what was it, game come out last year? Deathloop. Deathloop. And just thinking, like, there is so much solid stuff happening here. I just need to see what came before it. I need to see Dishonored 2. Uh, Doom Eternal. I've, I've played a little bit of that. I'm going to start a new save. I've, I haven't cleared it so i'm just going to go start to finish and get it off my plate um i suspect that's probably an eight to ten hour game i'm not too sure the first one was sizable i think it took me about 12 hours uh third game is no man's sky that's a joke i'm not going to play no man's sky <laughs> i was expecting a reaction i just got a, a sideways <laughs> glance from kieran <laughs> don't pledge it but you should play it I should, cool. absolutely. It's been sitting... I installed it a few months back after hearing you talk about getting into it last year and it's just sat there. It just keeps getting better. It just sits there. I, I had this great thing where I played it for 50 hours and then my hard drive died, so I lost my save. I've lost my save like three separate times after doing if, massive, massive marathons of it and yeah. I just keep going back. I don't know what it With is. With each new update, it probably doesn't hurt to do so. Yeah, They're pretty so, much. so significant. Um, no, I will play that. That won't be a pledge though, <laughs> uh, but I will pledge like you did Elden Ring. Um, I'm probably not going to start again. I'm just going to mark the caveat that I'm six hours down. Like it's still like an eight. That's, it's an eighty-hour game, isn't it? Like, isn't that the median? Uh, yeah, about that much. 
it's looking to be around about an eight hour game and I'm already just plumbing the depths of every inch so I'm expecting it's probably going to take over over 100 but anyway minus six hours off that if you want uh, another game I've got here in preparation for the sequel coming out in June I want to knock off AI the Somnium Files oh yes now this is kind of a puzzle game uh, across a bit of visual novels. This is going to be one of those games like Marcus Pick, something a little more low stakes. It's not a walking simulator. It's still going to take probably 10 to 12 hours. Uh, and, and then I've also put in there, again, similar to what Mark's done, I've taken another tack out of his book. I've put down the first Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, which I'm told should be... Uh, they seem to be lengthier games than what I understand. I think they're about 30 hours per title. They're like they're pretty chonky. Has, has anyone played them? Uh, no, Kieran's Kieran tried the Chronicles last year, and I'm pretty sure you said they were still sizable. Yeah, I, I feel like that's that's pretty accurate. Hmm. So ch- ch- chonky couple of games there. How how are we feeling on that list? Because I do have runner ups if we need them. Yeah, I mean that looks that sounds fine to me. I, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. Sweet. I feel like that's yeah, got, got a mix of challenge and and sort of some nice easy ones to fall back yeah. on as well. Nice. Um, Jordan, you're picking for uh, KS. What have, uh, what have you got for yourself and what have you got, got for a, you? I've got a little game called... Bela- no. <laughs> 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 no, so, you know, in doing my review for Elex too, I thought, who else would enjoy such an awful game than KS? Oh, so his no. punishment is Elex 2. Fuck. <laughs> So, uh, good. you know, much how, like how you got Elex 1, he's getting Elex 2. But I feel like he's gotten even he's got an even shorter end of the uh, stick because uh, Elex 2 is worse. Yeah, right. Um, as for my pledges, uh, I've got Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I've good. got yep. Scarlet Nexus. Yep. Y- Yakuza Like a Dragon. Yep. Yep. Uh, I also wanted to run something by because I've wanted to do like challenge runs of games that take a while. So I was thinking of doing like a Pokemon crystal, but my team gets randomized after every battle. Mm-hmm. So if I can get that going, cause it needs a little bit of work with scripting, would we be allowed to chuck that in there? I don't see why not. Uh, so we, uh, and horizon forbidden West. When's the last time you finished crystal crystal. You said crystal. I heard crystal. Yeah, Crystal, I probably last finished 2006. Yeah, damn. All right. That's worth a visit out of the backlog, I think. Yeah, sweet. Easy, yeah. There's, it's, uh, it's... there's my list. I'm not going to make some stupid thing like pledging to beat every raid in an MMO or anything because that's <laughs> like 500 hours in itself. <sighs> All right. And you still did nice. it. And I still did it, yeah. Madman. And it's funny because I'd already made the decision to cancel the pledges, but I hadn't told anybody. Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, see, the raise wasn't last year, but I beat my challenge anyway. Oh, right. So Sorry. I'm off I the hook for, for that punishment from last year. Because anyway. I, I remember last year you were like, you sent it through with like 10 minutes to spare on the fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. As always, I finish right before the deadline. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Um, okay. So I'm up. I'm the last one. I've got Nathan. And you've given him Balan Wonderworld. You're going to take somewhere wonderful? I, well, there are so many titles I could choose. You know, I've got such a good good experience with fucking dog shit games. I've um, already finished the order, mate. 
<laughs> oh, he's not happy. <laughs> see, the game I was going to give you was actually not too bad in terms of its overall reception. But now that you've just said that, I'm going to give you this shit game that is absolutely fucking dog shit, just to spite you. I'm going to hear both now. My pledges are... So you all know that I'm pretty terrible at, at, at playing games generally. So here we go. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh-huh. I'm going to play that. Psychonauts 1 and 2. So I have started 1, but I'm going to commit to finishing them both. Very Please. good. Again, good. again, I've started Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to commit to finishing that. I'm probably fucking hours away. GTA 5. Yeah, boy. I yep. was hoping so. That's a lot of open world, man. But it's good. And it's good. My 2022 game. Elden Ring. <laughs> Well, I did consider that, but I was like, no fucking way, man. I'm just not going to finish it. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, Hogwarts Legacy, but it may not come out, so we will come back to that if it We'll doesn't. put a pin in that one. Um, but that was my pledge for the 2022 release. Yep. That's a really that's, cool pick. That's a lot of open world, like, as Nathan was saying. It is. That it's like is almost it is. exclusively open world. I love that. I had um, open world fatigue by the end of Horizon for Midwest, <laughs> and then I played Elden Ring. Well, Nate, and that's think, not a criticism how, on how Horizon. How do you think that I'm going to feel with Horizon after playing 100 hours of Elden Ring? I think it was just going from Dying Light to Horizon. Mm, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, but like, it's, I, it's, I, it's a very particular format. Like with Zero Dawn, I was so glad I played Zero Dawn before I played Breath of the Wild. So, I feel that way about West and Elden, but anyway. Yeah. Do you want to hear your punishment? Yeah, give it to me, baby. So I was like, all right. Here we go. <laughs> what, can, what can we go through? We can give Enemy Front, right? Which is a... Like, oh, a yeah, old classic. From, yep. Yep. Was that like, set in nah, Poland? Nah, that's CO Games, the old sniper. Yeah. Um, I was like, I like nah, it. that's not too bad. <laughs> could, go home, could go home front the revolution. Again. I liked it, so maybe not. Instead, My safe file got deleted. You are going to play... Vendetta, Curse of the Raven's Crown. Oh, <laughs> the OG terrible game for the sign. No, so this is the problem. This is the only downside, as I really wanted to give Nathan the Curse of Raven's Cry, but he would have to pirate, you know, pun intended, um, the game to play it because it's so fucking dog shit that they actually had to remove it. They then they pretended that this whole thing didn't oh, exist. Oh, it's this game. And then they relaunched it as Vendetta. I was going to give you Troll and I as the shitter game but i was like fuck it i'm gonna stick with the original one um no this game's garbage yeah it is yeah it i remember is. this i remember you, this caused you a bit just of... shot yourself in the foot by insulting the order um i mean well, look I at my titles if i'm not finishing for that, yeah, that, that um, hurts. And, I, and i feel like troll and i is probably worse still um but this game's gonna be a, that game's a stinker mate um you should read the GameSpot review. For I did, I did. Is it, it got like a two or something? Gave it a one, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, that's fun. how I first saw it. Didn't they I was like, this like is rampant sexism Broken, and homophobia yeah, or something? Racist and everything. Um, and then, you know what's fucking great about it is they were just like, fucking let's just take it off Steam, rename it, <laughs> pretty much the same name. <laughs> no one remembers anything, do they? Fucking idiots. Anyway, um... <laughs> Cool. All right, so that's the pledges and the punishments. We'll update. I'll try and get an article up this year so people can follow on and whatnot. Um, we need also need, need to make a list because last year I was fucking terrible at keeping track. 
Um, all right, so the requirements are that you have to send through, and we'll make it maybe in the Slack channel. You, you got to send through a screenshot of the credits when you roll credits in yeah. that Slack channel with with the title, just so that we can verify you have finished. All right, cool. That's that. Uh, and um, there's also no speed running strats because uh, that's yes, how I no speed running strats as well. So yeah, you can't uh, can't cheese your way through. Who chose to speedrun a game on their first playthrough? Uh, I, I did a speedrun of Shadow of War because it was so fucking dog shit. It is um, a weird game. And that was to fucking... That was to finish. That was to complete the pledges too, wasn't it? You were like, yeah, yeah I speedrunned it. And we hadn't really... We hadn't technically made it a rule yet, so... Yep. Thanks. I, I'm the <laughs> reason had, that rule exists. We had to fucking put that in. I swear you're the only one, mate. All right. Um... Is that fucking it? Is that all we have to talk about this week? Fuck. Uh, hour 40. News. I'll just go through some headlines. Um, not really a lot to uh, talk about. The Ascent's coming to PlayStation in March. March plays PS Plus games out. I can't remember what they are. Let me go to the article. Uh, they are Ghost Runner, actually, which is a fucking banger. Um, I know KV reviewed that. Gave it a 9 or an 8. Um... Uh, Arc, Evol- Arc Survival Evolved, Sonic Team, sorry, Team Sonic Racing, and Ghost of Tsushima Legends. It's a solid yeah. month. A uh, pretty good month. Um, but just to counter that, uh, Xbox have a terrible month. <laughs> That's sh- shocker. Well, I wasn't really going to I wasn't, I've sort of pretended that, that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Game Pass. Oh, uh, yes. This is going to see a press start. Uh, Far Changing Tides is also coming. Flight Simulator is coming to the cloud. I don't really know what that means. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero, Route Zero, Lawn Mowing Simulator, Young Souls, uh, Leaving is Near Automata, Automata, Fogs, Torchlight 3, and The Surge 2. When I saw Young Souls, first thing I went through my mind is houses related to Elder Souls. There's too many souls, man. Well, there's the young ones, and then there's like the eldest ones. And then there are uh, on at the very <laughs> un, in the shadows there are the dark ones. Oh, it's, it's Souls as a video game title is getting such a workout in the last decade. Um, mm. uh, and then there's also a visual novel, um, free Ghostwire visual novel on PlayStation right now uh, that KV did for press start. Uh, Turncoat, love you. <laughs> um, um, even though that you could be doing the review for well played, gee whiz! You said you um, would started a news thing for it already, so go fuck yourself. Uh, I did, I did, um, I just did, I didn't get to it. But no, um, have you checked that out? No, not yet. Um, I yeah. I did download it, so I'm gonna probably do that as soon as we um as soon as you stop talking. Yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. It's a prelude. Uh, uh, tells you about KK who joins forces with Keto. That's why there's probably only a few people listening at this stage. But, um, you yeah, know, uh, that comes out March 25th. Uh, that's the, the actual game. And it's on uh, the, the visual novel is free on uh, PS5 and PS4. I read that yep. somewhere. Well, I think it's just, um, I think it's a PS4 app, but obviously you can play it on both. Right, right. Okay. Um, and comes to PC, I think, the day it launches. Oh, cool. Uh, I thought I read that somewhere, but it could be incorrect. Um Oh, no, actually, hang on. I've got the press over right here. Let me just quickly, quickly check. No, fuck me. Um, someone talk quick. 
Uh, yes, all Steam and Epic Games saw players who had experienced the prelude uh, on sorry on March eight. Oh, cool. Um, so in a week or so. All right. Um, I think that's it. Uh, and uh, new Pokemon. Which I'm, yeah, uh, just a, just quietly. Yeah, yeah, just it was Pokemon. quiet. It's uh, yeah. set um, set in a, a region themed after Spain. Uh, and there's a motherfucking grass cat, and I'm so excited for this grass, grass cat. Grass cat's shit. Mate, don't <laughs> well, tell me you're going to go for the fancy, apple fancy hat that looks duck. like a chili. Fancy, fancy hat duck's hat pretty duck. cool too. He's, he's awesome. You know, it's just um, a fire type I don't like. Fue Coco, he's oh, cool. No. no, see, the thing is, he's themed up for an apple, but he looks more like a chili. Goddamn nerds. The only, like other, only other thing to mention is... Excuse me, Adam's got a, a preview up for Teeny Tina's. Teeny Tina. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Last time. Every Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Tiny Tina's. Teeny Tina's Balan Wonderworld. Wonderworld. <laughs> <laughs> um, so check that out. He, he's pretty, pretty keen. Coming to a nightmare near you. Um, enjoy what he played. Uh, and Ash did a review for Shadow Warrior 3. Uh, there's also an interview with Flying Wild Hog uh, that Ash did uh, regarding that game. I did a little feature article uh, about expanding your storage on your PS5. I know that Kieran, you and I have done that. Um, and it just makes such a fucking world of difference. We expanded um, Dong okay. together. That's it, mate. So if you, I would highly recommend that you do that. Uh, off topics, anyone got anything they want to share? Off topics. Uh, Been hitting up the Amazon Primes. Uh, watched uh, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, season one. Just been through that in the last week. Really enjoyed that. That had Annie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. was from Schitt's Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, um, we wanted to watch that, actually. I got super into it. The first episode was a little like ho-hum. Because what it is, it's a, just very quickly, it's this really unusual splice of, of comedy genres. So whenever it focuses on this woman, um, her husband, Kevin, it's it goes to like this sort of... Uh, set up of like a classic 90s sitcom like Married with Children or Seinfeld or something like that where you basically just got the family on the couch just making wisecracks at one another with canned laughter. But you sort of get the impression that everything he has to say, all those wisecracks that were kind of okay in the 90s are actually really demeaning, really horrible things to say which make him kind of objectively look like a piece of shit. And then it will switch to the perspective of the wife who the show's the show's main character, Annie Murphy's character, and it goes into a sort of like uh, like a modern sort of dark drama comedy sort of single camera everything sort of wide angle shots and stuff like that. So it's this really weird mishmash of genres. And then she'll yeah. walk back into the living room, it'll switch back into Seinfeld mode. But um yeah, there's a really sort of dark story that sort of undercurrents it, and I got really into it, and now it's finished, and I've got to wait for season two, and watched a movie called The Father last night with Anthony Hopkins. It was really cool and about dementia. That's my off-topics. Let him have it. Uh, nice. The dual sense is a piece of shit. Hey. Battery-wise, yes, everything else. Yes. What are you talking no, about? So, so, while I was reviewing Elden Ring, because I've been using my dual sense more, I felt a snap in the right trigger. Oh, the classic right trigger. Um, and it's lost all resistance. Yep. But what's worse is it's fucked over the other buttons too. Oh. So now uh, the back button or the share button or whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, and L1 sometimes just don't work and I have to slap the controller to make them work again. And while that happens, R1, sorry, R2 doesn't work either. 
So, yeah, piece of shit. Feels really good, but man, it'd be nice if you. Well, know, I mean, you like your. After. It sounds like your dual sense is a piece of shit. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's the only one I have had an experience with. Therefore, <laughs> dual sense is a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta send it into Sony now to get it to play. Yeah, that that it's... right trigger thing is is fairly common. Oh, no. I've seen a fair few blown out right triggers. All right, I'll be waiting for mine then. <laughs> um, I got nothing for off topics that I can. Oh yeah, I got nothing this week. We'll talk about anybody else. Talk about Batman. Oh, next week. Oh, Kieran, did you see that? Um, Funimation are now absorbed into Crunchyroll. I did one anime, uh, one stop shop. Uh, I'm normally against monopolies like this, but Funimation is terrible. Funimation is so shit to use. I'll take Crunchyroll over it. Yeah, and like the amount of like switching between the two that I've done in the past because like my series will start on one and then move to the other. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, One piece. Or or like, oh, I want to watch this show, and then I've got to go through three different apps to find out which one it's on. Like, I think it's a good thing. One season's here, one season's there. Plus, it's it's not an entire monopoly either because like a lot of other streaming services have started you know, either producing anime or, or grabbing licenses. So there's still a little bit of yeah, competition. I, I think it's more just in Australia because, like, Anime Lab, Funimation, and Crunchyroll are the big ones in Australia. Yeah. Watch watch more anime. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I might actually watch more of it now that I don't have to use Funimation. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, I stopped catching up on my hero because they went, you have to go on Funimation. I go, I'm not doing yeah, it. Yeah, that means I'm not watching anything at all. I agree. Yep. That's a potty. Cool, cool. Nice one. All right, uh, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you have a great week. Don't forget, you can save 20% off, get free shipping by using the code WellShaved at manscaped.com.au. I actually think it's au.manscaped.com. Um, not that I use. I think sorry, if you just go to uh, manscaped.com, you'll be fine. Okay, yeah. You can, yeah, if you go there, use the drop down, choose Australia, buy some shit. It'll be good for us. So, cheers. Cheers for that. Uh, stay safe if you're in uh, flood affected areas. Um, hope, yeah, hope everything sort of gets better for everyone uh, soon. And we will see you next time. Yeah, don't read the news too much. See you later. Bye. Grandma's got COVID though, so suck it. <laughs>